0: Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson.
1: And welcome
0: to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson. Here are my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Oh, it's going really good, fellas, because this is the week of the NFL draft. It's our Christmas, and right now, I've never needed Christmas in my life more than ever because with no sports going on whatsoever, this is all we have, the NFL draft, and not only top of that does it make it more exciting because this is all we have, but this class is so loaded, and the tiers are so close where I'm going to need NFL draft to like differentiate some of my rankings here. So I'm really excited about Thursday guys and Friday and Saturday to see where these guys finally land. After all this work, you know, today we're going to wrap up our 2020 wide receivers, which is going to wrap up this 2020 initial breakdown as a whole. And I'm excited about that too, because we're going to wrap this up with some really good wide receiver prospects. We're going to talk about seven guys here on the free show. We're going to bring up, wrap it up with seven more guys on the nerd herd episode. If you are a nerd herd member, We've got something special for you dropping this week. On Sunday night, um, we're going to record our initial reaction of the NFL draft and do a two-round mock draft for you right away. So that way, when you wake up Monday morning, there will be a Nerd Herd episode for you with our initial reactions, mock drafting them. So if you have a draft that starts Monday, we're going to have you prepared uh but before we get into all this talk there's some news we have a new sign in we had an nfl trade today as well we got to discuss here real quick so it's gonna be a good show we got going for you today but before we do we got to talk about something else that is really good and that's dynastyowner.com dynastyowner.com is your new way to play fantasy football this is an investment opportunity in the way you play fantasy football to build something that has capital It's a new way to play fantasy football where you use the actual NFL salary and NFL contracts. This is your opportunity to be the GM, the owner, the fantasy football guru that you are from listening to all this great content. This is your opportunity to see how you can manipulate salaries because that's what you use. And right now with this NFL rookie draft coming up you're gonna be able to influx your dynasty owner team with some salaries that are gonna be very very reasonable especially when it comes to the running back position and the quarterback position if some of these guys come out the gates swinging so there's never a better opportunity to try out dynastyowner.com than there is today they have a new app coming out i believe this week i got a sneak peek peek at it and it is smooth. It gives you a good opportunity to do some mock drafts. the one of the sexiest mock draft uh, tools out there I've seen today. You got to check them out. It's a good opportunity to win great prizes, chase for the ring, weekly prizes, and you know you may be able to do a little bit of in-house, uh, little house uh, credit things going on versus another team that you're playing so make sure you check them out DynastyOwner.com. check them out today it's a new way to play fantasy football dynasty and i love it dynastyowner.com so guys before we get into today's show there was a trade today i don't know if you guys saw it the the patriots made a trade with the buccaneers you guys see that one for who
1: for yeah what are you, uh what are you talking about rich
0: they traded they traded a tight end they traded their uh tight end out there cameron bright Cameron Bright? No, 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 no. The, the the Bucks they they said, hey, what's better than having two quality tight ends? Let's have three. They made a trade with the New England Patriots, and they bring in Rob Gronkowski. It looks like guys, gals, that Rob Gronkowski retired not because he was overly done with football; he was just overly done with the Patriots and Bill Belichick. He gets moved to the Patriots for uh, the Bucks for a fourth-round pick. He wants to play with Tom Brady. Always said he wanted to play with Tom Brady. That's the only way he was ever going to go down. Now we're sitting here with a, a, a Tampa Bay offense that is pretty loaded to begin with, and now you add Rob Gronkowski, one of the most dominant tight ends to ever play the game. And I know I saw on Twitter, Garrett, you're not overly excited about this move.
2: You know, here's the thing. The last year in, in uh, New England he he didn't look like himself. Granted, he's had time to rest and and rehab, but you know, we've seen other players take some time off, retire, unretire, and rarely ever do they come back like their old true selves. Um so uh, it didn't it didn't really move the needle much for me. On top of that, we we know Arians doesn't really utilize tight ends a lot. We know Tom Brady does and it, and it is going to be his offense. And so I still expect, you know, him to be be fantasy relevant, but he's not going to crack that top six. And at that point, if he ends up being tight end eight or he ends up being tight end 18, does it, does it really matter that much? So yeah, for me, I'm not, I'm not too, too excited.
0: Matt, your initial reaction to Rob Gronkowski joining the Buccaneers.
1: Honestly, every time I heard um, his name pop up in the news, I figured it was some sort of wrestling publicity stunt. And then all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) he popped up out of nowhere and he's back on the NFL landscape so I was I was shocked to be honest that was my initial reaction that he actually was coming back because I mean if you saw some of the pictures of him he lost a ton of weight too so um, if he got his body right because um, clearly he wasn't playing at 100 you know the last time he played there in New England um, if he got his body right and, and and put on put more weight back on, then I'm all for it. I think he's only 30 years old, um, and I think he could be successful. Uh, I understand that the offense hasn't featured tight ends, but I think I, you know, I, I mentioned it right when Brady signed there. I think there's going to be some sort of meshing of their systems, and if, and if Tom feels comfortable throwing to the tight end, I, I don't see why Bruce Arians would fight that. You know what I mean? This, this is this isn't Jameis Winston that he's just having to deal with. This is a guy that he went out and got, and has been using certain parts of his game his entire career. He's not going to just all of a sudden not throw to the tight end. So if Gronk, if Gronk's there and his body is right, I'm all for it. So if he's signing, uh I'm somewhat intrigued.
0: Yeah, he already signed. The trade is done. Uh his contract, he is now officially a Buccaneer. I actually do like the move. Uh I'm on the opposite spe- spectrum of Garrett here because I look at it a couple ways. You know, Arians offense doesn't truly utilize a tight end, but they do use a little tight end he does use the tight end a lot over the middle and Gronk thrives over the middle. And he's immediately going to have a really good rapport with Brady. You know, Brady's arm isn't what it used to be. He's going to be looking for those short intermediate routes. Like we said, he has a really, really good rapport with Tom Brady. He's going to be most familiar face on that roster with, and at a time right now where guys aren't able to get together, this is a good news for Tom to come in here and have a weapon, and with the what the weapons already do have out there with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, it's going to open a lot of things up for Rob Gronkowski as well. I think it does hurt Mike Evans a little bit more than does hurt Chris Godwin, and the fact that they're taking on a salary, they're paying Gronk this year ten million dollars. He's going to be the third highest paid, pretty much tight end out here in the NFL. So they're paying him. They got him for a year. Once they draft a running back and bring him running back in, it's going to open up things a little bit more. I I disagree with Garrett. I think Gronkowski does on that touchdown ability alone that he has and having a full year off of being healthy and not coming back. You know, you say retired players that come back, are they better? Well, most players that are retired to come back for a year are, you know, 33, 34. Gronk is only 30 years old, and he has added weight, Matt, by the way, because he was doing all that stuff for WWE. So I'm excited about Gronk. Obviously, by this late, it's too late to check your waiver wire. He was on a waiver wire in two of my leagues, so I was able to pick him up. I'm very happy about that. Both leagues, I was really tight end needy, so it worked out really, really well in my favor.
2: Do you really think he could be like a top six, seven guy this season? I, I know. I do. You know, obviously, I do, we're not projecting for the next three or four years, but you, you really do this
0: season? I think he could be right around. I mean, I think it's going to be come down to touchdowns, right? I think that's going to be an important right. important factor of him, but – You know, we're also not talking about a guy that's coming back that's like was kind of good. Rob Gronkowski is the most dominant tight end I've ever seen in my entire life. Like he's absolutely amazing. Um,
2: he's just uh, he's always banged up. he's always hurt. I mean, we haven't seen Gronk be Gronk since like 17 was the last time we really saw him be him. And you know there's not gonna be as many targets to go around as there were in New England because Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are a far better duo than has ever been in New England during Tom well, Brady's era. Well,
0: you know with him taking him taking a year off, smoking on probably a lot of weed because he invested in that company um, <laughs> and getting his body right. I feel I, I feel good. If I'm gonna bet on a guy, Gronkowski is the kind of guy I'm going to bet on. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to not put my chips on him being relevant at the worst part. I mean, he's always relevant. I know his last year wasn't great, but he was hurt all that. you sure it's one of the reasons why he retired. You know, he was sick of getting banged up. He was, wasn't happy in that offense and he probably needed some time off. He, he you know, this guy who came out of college banged up as well. So again, am I for sure? Think, you know, nothing's for sure. Nothing at all for sure, but again, if there's something I'm gonna bet my money on, Rob Gronkowski is a type of player that I would put my chips on, and in such a depleted position already, like we're not talking about a receiver coming out here, and there's a strong receiving class, and already tons of receivers we like, or even even a running back. It, it's 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 a tight end position, so if you can get me tight end number six, tight end number seven numbers, like I can live with that for. Gronkowski, for somebody that you weren't going into the year even relying on to be your tight end two, or if you're desperate in a bad situation, your tight end one, you can live with that. You know, you're talking Austin Hooper for the most part of the time. You know what I mean? So it's not like anything above tight end like eight is just a bonus. Everything you get out of him right now is a bonus. So I'm, if again, am I over, am I jumping up for joy? No, but I'm going to try and get him and see where he takes me if I'm a contender.
1: You know what I mean for for a guy that was literally people were laughing at you if you rostered him like two weeks ago to all of a sudden talking about hey can he be a, a tight end six seven eight like that's a pretty big swing in a person's in a in a player's value right there it's so, actually pretty
2: funny somebody today literally asked me hour or two before like you think it's safe to finally drop Gronk and I was like yeah <laughs> I mean it's it's been safe for a while and then you like tied two hours me on later. That
0: too. <laughs> Oh my burn.
2: gosh! Oh, I <laughs> felt like such an idiot,
0: guys. You wonder who this really hurts, really? Like who this like does not hurt the people. The, the people that held on to Gronk look great today, right? They look super smart, so they got a set of crystal balls on them. But you know who this hurts? All those people holding on to Andrew Luck. <laughs>
2: <That's who laughs> yeah, because they're gonna keep oh, holding burn. on. Yep.
0: Just, like I was just about to cut him. Like I got a strong rookie class coming in. Like now I gotta hold on to him, but. I think the odds of Andrew Luck coming back are
1: slim to none.
2: You know who else this also might help, honestly, is OJ Howard. Because there's a decent chance he gets out now.
1: I was thinking the exact same thing. That was my like the very first thing I thought of when I saw the news was, oh, OJ Howard's finally they're obviously gonna trade him. Like there's no way they're gonna keep this guy now. Yeah, I was
0: I was surprised like that trade didn't go down like, hey, we'll give you Gronk, you give us OJ. how Like we'll give you Gronk yeah. and a third or a fourth. Like we'll give you the fourth, you know, and you give us OJ Howard. Right. That's that what I was surprised. Of so, we'll see. It's definitely intriguing. But right now, I saw a report from Rappaport or Schefter, one of the two, saying there was no offers on the table for OJ Howard as Sheesh. of today. So we'll Ooh. see. the The draft's gonna be interesting with trades. You know, Leonard Fournette's on the table apparently. Trent Williams, there's some players out there on the table. But let's get through this week of locks and change and we gotta we gotta move on because there's plenty yeah. of talk for the rest of the year to talk about this, but we have to wrap up this class, and we got too many good prospects here to talk about. And let's kick it off with a a very intriguing wide re, wide receiver prospect. And Jalen Rager out of TCU, five foot eleven, two hundred and six pounds, ran a four four seven forty, a seven three one three cone, uh hundred and thirty-eight broaded inch broad jump was pretty good coming off a year where he only had 43 receptions for 611 yards and five touchdowns um you know he did have that freshman qb this year who only had a 53 percent completion percentage and he did have a better year in 2018 where he had 72 catches for 1061 yards and nine touchdowns now i say records intriguing prospects if we go back a couple months ago the big argument was like Rager or Rugs. Rager Rugs is your number three, and there's people out there today that have Rager as their number two, number one overall receiver. I remember when we did the Dynasty Nerds Film Room, Garrett. You guys, when the first people you broke down was Rager versus Rugs, right? And I texted mm-hmm. you the very next day. I was like, "Who'd you guys pick?" And you're like, "We all picked Rager." I was like, "You guys were all wrong,"
1: <laughs> and I still
0: feel I still feel that way today. So when we talk Jalen Rager, there's a lot of good about his game and I'm definitely not here to poo poo on Rager. Cause I, I like him as a prospect. I think he's a first round rookie. It's just, I have Rager honestly in the back end of my second tier. I don't have him at the high end of my second tier. This is a guy who's great with the ball in his hands. He makes great cuts has really good vision. And I know we ran a four, four, seven, but like he does have really good football speed. Uh, Made some good acrobatic catches, some good contested catches, tracks the ball well, um, go out there and make the extended catch, make the over-the-shoulder to the catch. I know I saw a stat on Pro Football Focus that only 30.77% of his targets were actually accurate in 2019 as well, And again, which hurts with that freshman QB that he out there. But this is a guy, um, I didn't really notice this as much until Matt brought it to my attention who took some plays off, you know, and... When I see Rager too, I'm like, when I, when I do my in-depth study, I was like, is this guy more of just an awesome athlete than a pure wide receiver? Because his route tree isn't really that broad, but also to be fair, TCU didn't ask him to run a lot of broad routes as well. And his hands are somewhat of a question. He did drop 14 of his catchable targets, according to P- pro football focus, which was like seven out of 50 some of them did seem like focus drops to me too but some of those like when he went to get the ball it's just like it just it didn't it just didn't like he could you know he just wasn't strong enough to come down with the football and i wonder how he's gonna perform versus some of these physical nfl receivers i mean this is a guy too he only had four career games over a hundred yards so, I want to turn this over to you, Garrett, first, because I know you're really big on Jalen Rager. Then we'll go to Matt, who's on, on the opposite spectrum of that. So, Garrett, tell us about Jalen Rager and why he should be. First, start off with where you have him as your overall receiver, with your nerd score, yeah. and where you actually have him overall. And then, you know, extrapolate on top of what I've already said about what, why he's such a good prospect.
2: Yeah, so basically I have him right now as uh he's in the same tier as Judy and Mims. He comes in as my wide receiver 3 overall uh with a 77.28 Uh, tape score. If you want to find all these tape scores, uh, we do have them on our uh, DynastyNerds.com website. So you can go through, you can look at each category, how we broke them down. uh, Composite, when I sell you these, I'm telling you my personal tape scores. So they're not going to match up identical to what you see online uh, because it's a composite of of other people as well. But um, yeah, 77.28 came in as my third ranked receiver on tape. Um, and the nice part is, uh, with him, you know, we, we do have what people talk about, you know, the, the speed, the burst, the quickness, he was a, a return guy. Um, he was able to do a lot of things in the open field. I think that's one of his, the most, um, Promising areas of his game is when you watch him play in the open field. uh, He runs with strength, with some authority. He's got good size to him. He's he's very thick. And actually, I I think he put on a a little bit of weight even uh, before the combine. You could tell he was working out hard, which I think was part of the reason that. Um, his, his 40 time wasn't quite as high as we kind of expected because people were talking about, you know, four twos and apparently at the, at his big 12 pro day, he ran a four two nine, uh, or, or big 12 showcase. And it was the year before, uh, and he ran a four two nine and you know, then he runs a four, four, seven. And so there was a lot of speculation on what that actually means. I'm not too overly concerned about it. I still think he's one of the fastest players in the class, um, Kind of plays with uh, with an attitude. Um, he he plays very angry. Uh, you even hear him on on social media. I saw him at the combine. Uh, very chippy, very intense player. Um, son of a, of a of a former player as well, which I love to see. And overall, really the only thing on him that I had that I was uh, even slightly concerned about was his route running. He's not a very uh, polished route runner, but that's something that can be taught, coached up. That's one of the easier things um, if, if the time and the work is put in. To be able to adjust, you know, you you can't necessarily fix their speed. You can't necessarily fix their height. Um, you know, their catch radius. You know, some of those kinds of things. Route running can be taught, and so uh, I, I'm not overly concerned about that.
0: And it looks like but, Gary, he does. Like he has agility to learn better routes. You know, what I mean, it's like you know, some guys like, dude, his hips are just too tight. He's never going to be right. an efficient route runner like those Devin Funches kind of guys. Uh, exactly. He does look. Like, he does have that agility to do that. Go ahead.
2: Yep. Yeah. No. That's a that's a great point. Oh, so. Uh, Um, so, so overall, I'm, I am a big fan of his, uh, there, there were rumblings and, and things that I was hearing at the combine that there were some people that said that they believe that he might even be, um, the, the most talented as far as raw talent. You know, we're not talking about polishing entire game, but as far as raw talent, um, in the class itself. And so, you know, I, I want to put my chips in with somebody, um, with, with that type of ability, that type of mentality and that type of pedigree.
0: And that's and that's what I'm see that's and that, there's a part of me that like so again I I said I like Jalen Rager you know I do like him but like I don't know if maybe like the hype has been out there for so long and so high and I go back and watch the film I'm like okay he's a good pro- like you know he's a good prospect yeah. for sure but it's like dude like I don't have him in my top three like I'd much rather have Denzel Mims than Jalen Rager I'd much rather have Henry Ruggs than Jalen Rager and it, and it kills me when I watch. And this is what kill And this is the part that really I think my this is probably my, the, that burns me the most is when people watch, like people sit here and swear on Jalen Rigger and then they'll poop on Henry Ruggs. I just, I just don't see, like, I don't get it because I think Henry Ruggs is a better prospect. For you to like Jalen Rigger, like, I still understand, like, right? Ruggs does what Rigger does, but then he does things better than Rigger and he does things that Rigger does better as well. Like, We'll get the Henry Ruggs when we get to him, but I, I don't get that at all, Matt. Let's hear what you think about Jalen Rager because I know you're on the opposite spectrum as the rest of the community. Actually,
1: um, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't go as far. Like I know we had like one conversation where I was a little bit down on him, and and I think I think I painted too too poor of a picture. I think okay because. It, it's not that I hate the guy. I, just like you said earlier, like I'm just not as high on him as everyone else is. So I, I, d- I definitely think he's got a lot of upside. He could be a really special player. I just saw some things that I didn't really like on film. And it was, it was when I was watching him on plays when the ball wasn't going to him. I, he, he had no urgency when he was getting off the line and on his release and stuff like that. And And I know that's like something little, but for me to like at the professional level, he's got to clean that up because there's no way that an NFL head coach is going to want a guy that is is so blatantly making it obvious that the ball's not going to him. Even if it was just like a passing play going to the other side of the field, he would he had no urgency getting off the line. He was dog. It looked like he was dogging it. It looked like he was taking a play off because he knew the ball wasn't going to him. And, and um, there's things like that. I mean, obviously you you nailed it with the the route running stuff. He just. He didn't run a ton of crisp sprouts. I, I, th- I saw a guy that was relying on his athleticism, and it was weird. The numbers to me uh, from the combine were just odd. You know what I mean? He definitely plays faster than his time speed. His, his, his 20-yard shuttle was almost identical to his 40-yard dash, which if your speed translates to, to good movement skills, you should have a couple of tenths of a second knocked off of that, that 20-yard shuttle. And his, his three-cone was bad. You know what I mean? So those are the those are the change of direction and movement skill type of things. And then I then I go back and watch the tape and he's not running crisp routes. So it makes me think, does he have a deficiency and he just kind of gets over it because he's explosive? He has he has straight line explosion. So it looks like he's fast. It looks like he can do these things, but his change of direction when he has to actually run an outcut. You know what you know what I mean? Like a sharp a sharp um, cutting route or a, a quick, a quick curl route where you got to stop and come back. You know what I mean? Those type of things you don't see on tape. And I'm wondering, is it is it because athletically he's limited? So that's, there. Are- that was
0: my number one. That's my number one question about Jalen Rigger too, Matt. I agree 100. percent My thing that I have underlined here is he more of an athlete than a pure wide
1: receiver. You know what I mean? Right. Like. And- and and if it's an athletic thing, and and he actually can't do those movements, he's not gonna be able to learn those routes in the NFL, and he's gonna be one of these athletic guys that they're like, you know what, he ne- he's never gonna learn how to run a route, and he's gonna be a go long guy, you know what? Because he can go up and get the ball, he can high point the ball for a guy that's five foot ten. He's a forty two inch vertical. He can get up and yep. get the ball, but is he a guy that they just go eh, go long and we'll toss it up to you? Is that his? Is that what he ends up being? And that's the floor. I mean, that's like. That's that's the bad that's the bad side of Jalen Ragar that I see as as a distinct possibility. You know what I mean? So yeah,
0: is he does he profiles like that wide receiver three, which is good. You know, top thirty six fantasy receiver, but like is that more of Jalen Ragar Is when you look at something, and, and and we have to be nitpicky here, these prospects because they're all so right. close, and we got to see where they're gonna land. But like that's why I look at a guy like Denzel Mims has a higher upside. Justin Jefferson to me has a higher upside than Jalen Ragar or seems even a little bit safer.
2: I don't say I could agree with maybe safer. I don't know about more upside.
0: Yeah. See, I, th- I see more upside with them. Honestly, there's a couple guys here. I came away with this whole process guys, by the way, now that I'm all done with my wide receiver ranking saying, I think I have Michael Pittman jr. Too low. You yeah, know, like, you're coming look, around look, look, looking at this group as a whole. Like I do. I look at Jalen Reger, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Jalen Reger probably has a little bit more upside than Michael Pittman. But I look at Michael Pittman as, as a fancy prospect, way safer than Jalen Rager, personally. Um, yeah. And I have Michael Pittman jr at 15. I got Jalen Rager at 12 and I know when this is all said and done, I'll be moving Michael Pittman up my rookie ranks. Uh, he has to be ahead of Zach Moss and but there's a guy we're gonna talk about next year too. I think I there's a part of me that he seems like he's safer than Rager too. the next guy we're gonna talk about. So Matt, where do you have Rager right now in your rookie ranks? Do you know? Um, I, I have him at 12 Garrett. you have him a little higher? I think uh, I only have my tape
2: scores up in front of me, but yeah, I think I have Rager right around eight, nine.
1: I've met I a I've met eleven. So Yeah,
0: you have him nine, Garrett, uh overall. I have him okay. at twelve, Matt has him eleven. So we're not too far off here. You know, and we're you know, me and Matt are a little bit more down on Rager. Garrett's higher at him, but he still has him at nine. So we have him at twelve. I, I have him a little bit lower than that. He's an interesting prospect. Let's see where he lands. There are some question marks here. With right, and, and
1: you know, I think I saw a report today that um, the Saints are are hot on his tail, and they're they're considering him there at the at the first round. And if he went to a place like that, I'd be excited. You know what I love mean? Love him there, like, love yeah. him
0: there, yeah,
1: because he, he's a completely different wide receiver from Michael Thomas. And Sean Payton's the kind of creative mind that I think could use a guy like this, and and really got the get the most out of him. So yeah, and that's where these guys are going to
0: differentiate. You know, where yeah. they're going to this this is where these guys are going to come in and uh, you know solidify their rankings. So it's easy for a guy like who's at twelve and thirteen to move up to nine for me, uh, just on the landing spot because they're all so close. And somebody's going to land in a position I don't like. I don't like their scheme. I don't like their fit. I don't like their opportunity.
1: So. Someone's going to the Jets and we're going to hate it. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> and that's we're we're going to hate the it. Bottom line.
0: Yep. Uh, let's move on to another wide receiver here, and this is Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. Six foot three, two hundred twelve pounds. Had a year of coming off of fifty three catches for nine hundred sixty nine yards and nine touchdowns. Had a knee injury which shortened his season, and then he broke his hand for training for the combine. But this is also a guy. I don't want to. I don't want to say that and make him sound injury prone because he's only missed three games in four years. <clears throat> Guys, watching like I already like Brian Edwards from the short study.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Doing my in-depth study of Brian Edwards, I came away extremely impressed. Like he's right in that second tier for me. This is a guy who is physical with the ball in his hands he yeah. broke 15 tackles in 2019 and over 65 percent of his yards came after the catch and he did all of this too he was productive in the sec and he was consistently productive this is a guy who did it year in and year out this is a guy who came in and started 12 games as a freshman at 17 years old so if you're 17. all into breakout scores like if that's your big thing the breakout score when they break out nobody's doing it younger than brian edwards he did at 17 uh in the sec he gets off the line very well and he uses his hands really well off the line too uh, i like the way he does get off the line runs really good routes his speed is adequate like i know he didn't run a 40 but i, I envision him in like the four or five range because the speed's adequate enough for me really good hands really good in contested catches he had that one game versus Tennessee, like he made that amazing Odell Beckham style catch. Even the, I think the announcer, if I remember right, like made a comment like, "Oh, Odell Beckham," you know what I mean? Like it was just an amazing one-handed catch out there. His, some of his cons is like, so when he does get the ball, he's not overly elusive, but like he doesn't need to because he's so physical. I just mentioned before, like over sixty-five percent of his yards came after the catch. This, when I look at Brian Edwards, I see somebody who is just a very good. Quality receiver, you know what I mean? Could he have that like Michael Thomas effect, where you know, he same thing? Like michael Thomas seemed like it was a really good receiver coming out, and had really good size. Obviously, was not nearly as productive as Brian Edwards, and it comes in and dominates. Like, could that be Brian Edwards? Is is like is Brian Edwards the sneaky guy in his class? Where we look back on it, you know, goes at the very end of the first or high in the second, and you come back here later, and it's like. Oh, up, just a wide receiver two year in year out. A couple wide receiver one years just broken in there. Matt, what do you think of Brian Edwards out of South Carolina?
1: No, I really like him. He and you nailed all the high points, man. Big physical guy, lined up in the slot, out wide. He uses a, a great combination of quickness and his and hand fighting to get off the line. Uh, you know, I I did I did mention, hey, I'm not sure he's got the the long speed. You know what I mean? Because I don't think he's got like that extra extra gear. But he's definitely a fast enough guy, and, and is going to be able to operate in the NFL. Um, you know, they used him on slants and cross routes, get the ball in his hand, like like you said, very physical after the catch. He's not he's not going to make people miss in the open field. You're 100 percent right. But he's going to be able to wear people down. These defensive backs are are tiny little guys. Man, they're one hundred eighty five, one hundred ninety pounds. You know what I mean? I, you know there, there have been a couple more that are getting a little bit bigger, but for the most part, he's going to have twenty pounds on these guys. So he, he's he's definitely at you know at the very worst, he's he's a he's a wide receiver too, who's a chain mover, who's cu- catching a ton of passes for you. But I think he's got a little bit more juice than that even. So I really I really like Brian Edwards.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, like you said, you didn't even have a lot of cons. I didn't have. I was trying to find a lot of things I didn't like about his game, and I really couldn't. I couldn't. I really couldn't. And I was like, okay, well, he's not overly elusive, but besides, that, he does everything pretty well. Th- that's uh, the one Garrett- thing. He's
1: he's not going to string together a bunch of moves and make it, p- make people miss, but he runs good enough. Like pretty good, pretty crisp routes, and and, and you know, at, at six foot three, two hundred and twelve pounds is what he weighed in, he. I think he even looked bigger than that on tape. You know what I mean? So I was I thought he would be closer to the two thirty range two twenty five two thirty just looking at him he
0: did look thick on tape he did in a in a way he just I again this is somebody who Garrett's been on since the get go so I want to I don't know if he's faded on him or what but Brian Edwards for me before we get to Garrett's take here falls right into that class of you know okay I have him I have him right now at thirteen overall and it's like okay well. I can move him up a little bit, you know, because where does he land? Because I can, I can easily see me taking him over T. Higgins. I can easily see me taking him over Jalen Rager, uh, like that kind of category. And he's just not going to go there in most drafts. And this is going to be very good value when you're in your rookie draft. I like him a lot. Garrett, what are your thoughts on Brian Edwards out of South Carolina?
2: Absolutely. I've been a big Brian Edwards fan um, for, for quite a while now. And it's it's not too often outside of like the top, top name guys where you get the film community and the analytics community to agree. And when you can have both of those things kind of come together, that's a pretty sweet spot um, for you know predictive success uh, at the next level. Brian Edwards came in with a score of 72.43, came in as my wide receiver nine overall, which felt so low because I wanted him to be even higher than that. But it's tough because right ahead of him, the three guys ahead of him are Henry Ruggs, Michael Pittman Jr., and Justin Jefferson. And so, you know, it was it was tough to be able to quite get him. But I have him in the same tier as those guys. Um, and And you guys are absolutely right. He is not an overly explosive athlete. However, he is one of the most physical wide receivers in the class. Some of the best body control out of some of the wide receivers in the class. Really good catch radius. Not only can he go up and get it, but there were a lot of times where I saw him getting dirty in the turf, which is really good to see for a, you know a six foot three wide receiver. And and I I think he's a much better route runner than he's been given credit for. Uh, pretty smooth and fluid on it. Uh, and, and you even see in some of the games against like you know teams like Alabama where he's running an end around, and he is not afraid to lower the shoulder and run linebackers and DBs over to get a first down. And I just love seeing that type of mentality. Uh, You know, never had that like elite like uh, 1,100-yard season or anything like that, but his consistency throughout his entire career, playing with Debo uh, for a lot of it, and he ended up coming away as uh, the leader in yards and touchdowns and then I think second in catches all time. Um, so, I mean, he he ended up overall with a very productive career. I really, really like Brian Edwards. And a lot of the mocks I've been seeing, not only do you not even have to take him at the beginning, and I'm talking one quarterbacks, not only do you not even have to take him at the beginning of the second, I'm seeing him go towards the end of the second round in a lot of these drafts, wow. which is crazy value. That is yeah, nuts right there.
0: That is nuts. I, there's no way I'm not taking him. I mean, obviously, we're going to see probably some running backs getting a bump here, but – just off his film alone, I can't bump him down too much out of this receiving court. Like he, he would yeah. stay steady right around 13, 14. If I start to see Brian Edwards slipped around at 15, 16th pick overall range, I'm I'm desperately trying to make a move to move up Trade and get a, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm with you. Because I got to have some of his shares. He's just a solid overall prospect where... At the very worst case, you get a guy who produces like a Sterling Shepard, like a low-end wide receiver three from a fantasy perspe- perspective, in my opinion. you know, So yep. he looks like a safe I, receiver.
2: I did hear a very interesting comp. Uh, and granted, when these comps are made, they're made out of what we see them as college prospects, not what they end up being. So sometimes you'll hear a name of a guy and you're like, ew, that's gross because he didn't have a great career. But as a prospect, he was a really good prospect, or vice versa. Um, you know, a guy that ended up having a great career, but might not have been as great as a prospect coming out. But he, I saw him comp to Michael Thomas. And when we remember Michael Thomas coming out of Ohio State, wasn't this phenomenal athlete, but a good physical contested catch guy? Um, you know, there are some similarities in their game. I'm not saying he's going to develop into Michael Thomas, so don't hear what I'm not saying. But you know, it, it is interesting as a prospect.
1: I could see how people would come to that conclusion. Garrett, that's uh, that's really weird. I was honestly, I was I was looking at his numbers, and I'm looking at you know, the the film that we've been watching and I was thinking like literally just two minutes before you said that, I was thinking the exact same thing and I was hesitant to put it out there for the same reasons you were just saying that I'm like, yeah. I don't I don't think I want to stamp that on there, but totally it's a very similar type of deal. Like as soon as you guys said, Hey, he didn't, ha- he never had that 1200 yard season. I'm like, Huh, who else didn't have that twelve hundred yard yeah, season that ended exactly. up? You know, and, and Michael Thomas was the first one that came to my head. And they and they have a very you know, similar they have similarities in that they're the body size and, and that they're, they're both, both really six good, three? Yeah, they're both good route runners. They're both very reliable and and, and it's one of those things where if you get in, if you get Brian Edwards into the right system on the right team where he's a feature guy, all of a sudden he is catching. You know, instead of catching 70 balls, he's catching 85, 90 balls, and 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 the sky is the limit because the dude can do some stuff after the after the catch. He can wear some defensive backs out as the yeah. game goes on, and, and there could be some big things in store for Brian Edwards. So that's definitely. A good comp in my eyes. I know you don't want to stamp your, you know, put your stamp on it. I kind of didn't want to either, but since we're both saying it, I'm going to put it out there.
0: And obviously, you guys didn't hear me when I first started talking about him. I, kind of brought up Michael Thomas too, so you guys were just ignoring me at the time. So I was totally (laughs)
1: ignoring you. I do that all the time, Rich. (laughs) So it sounds like the trifecta. That is a nice little, um, a nice little comp. I yeah. Thinking about him coming out of out of college, I mean there there's there's a lot of similarities
2: in their game.
0: Yeah, and, I, and Gary, you said some people don't like his route running. I liked his route running. I liked the way he was able to stack defensive backs um, mm-hmm. consistently. Definitely on on some of those out routes where he'd fake you know, to the sideline and then, you know, do that move the the double yep. move and then head up north and he'd be he'd beat the defensive back consistently. And, you know, one play I saw like the quarterback overthrew him by three yards, another one, the quarterback made a perfect throw. He made the over the shoulder catch extended and scored a touchdown. This guy yep he's really impressive like digging in that's the best way to put it like if this was a different draft class brian edwards would probably be like six overall player in that time yeah. you know in that range potentially like he's that good you know but in such a deep class it's kind of hard to get him where i want him to be and like matt said in the right situation if he could be the guy this is not be the guy who's gonna get a you know a boost for me because i'm gonna be sitting there and pick 11 12 going Oh, man, I don't know that he's not in a great spot. He's not in a great spot, but Brian Edwards is in a good spot. I would feel comfortable taking him yeah. with my 12th pick as a championship-caliber team. So, interesting prospect. We all like him. We all have him towards the back end of the first high second. If he ends up being a player, like Garrett said, where he started to slip in the second round a little bit, uh, I would recommend moving up and getting him as of today. We'll have some more information on him after the draft, but he's one of those guys that falls right at the back end of my tier two so he's in tier two michael pittman's in tier two as well so it's a deep tier two that i'm going to use this nfl draft this week to kind of really solidify my rankings my rankings are very fluid right now when you start to get a pick eight on you know what i mean so from there on it's, it's very fluid definitely let's move on to an, an another interesting prospect here guys brandon Ayuk out of arizona state six foot Two hundred five pounds, ran a four five forty, which I thought was kind of weird because I thought he was a lot faster on tape. It looked than that uh, coming off a, a good year, coming off a really good year of sixty five catches for one thousand one hundred and ninety two yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, he's also a good punt returner as well. Uh, it is his only year of production, which is somewhat you know when you go those one year wonders, you kind of get a little bit concerned there. But this is a guy who got better every year. Um, he started his year at JUCO, which is why he was a one year wonder. And this is somebody who I can't emphasize enough is just absolutely fantastic with the ball in his hands. He's got those really long arms. He's got really good speed. Like I said, I mean, he ran a four or five, but on tape, he looks faster than a four or five, almost like Jalen Rager, right? Um, has really good bursts. He got in and out of his breaks very quickly. Uh, those long arms, as I mentioned, able to go up there and get the football. When you when you look at some of the cons for Brandon Ayuk, you can look at it, okay, well, he's not really great when he gets tight or physical man coverage. Uh, when it comes to the contested catches, he doesn't really strive there. I saw a stat on him for from Pro Football Focus that he only completed two contested catches ever, and again the the short production there at the at the next level. But Brandon Ayuk, to me, if you look at mock drafts, people have him going in the first round of nfl mock drafts high second he's a very intriguing prospect too where right now we have him in that 14 15 16th range when it comes to rankings overall when we talk about brian edwards kind of slipping a little bit in drafts i can see brandon Ayu just in a bump simply on where he gets drafted in the nfl draft matt what do you think of brandon Ayuk out got a arizona state
1: Yes, a uh, very intriguing guy, and like you said, eighty-inch wingspan for a guy that's not even six foot tall. I mean, for comparisons' uh, purposes, uh, Brian Edwards, who has a pretty good catch radius himself at, at six foot three, is, is only at seventy-nine and five eighths um, wingspan. So that it is freakishly long arms for for a guy um, that's only five foot eleven and five eighths. But um, freakish. I, I agreed. Totally agreed that you know the four the four five was. Definitely slower than what I saw in film. I, I would have expected him to be closer to the four, four, five type of range. But I mean, we're splitting hairs. It's it's not that much of a difference to be honest. But explosive guy, forty inch vertical, almost eleven foot broad um, jump, and he gets, you know, he gets in and out of his brakes very, very well. So you know, a guy like Jalen Rager who, who ran a little bit faster of a forty time, but was slow on some of the the shuttles and and three cones. And looked maybe like he wasn't as sudden uh, in and out of breaks. Complete opposite for a guy like Brandon Ayuk. We don't have the three cone. We don't have the 20-yard. But on film, this is a guy that that I think could get better at, at route running. I, th- I think he needs to, but I think he has the tools to get better at the NFL. So maybe that's why you know some of the NFL evaluators or some of the mock drafters out there are, are thinking this is a guy that could be a first-round pick because I, I really do see a lot of the tools – um, necessary for this guy to ex- exceed. He got very good speed, very good burst. I like his ability to get an in and out of cuts, and and he's a playmaker with the ball in his hand. So, um, like you said, the contested catches, um, not not his strong suit. But uh, you know, if he if he's open, uh, you know, using all that quickness and, and skills, he won't have to deal with it very much. So we'll see. But a guy that I a guy that I definitely like.
0: Garrett, what do you think of Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State?
1: Brandon Ayuk's very um I'm I'm
2: having a hard time with Brandon Ayuk. There's, you know, I have very good, solid, concrete opinions on a lot of these players. Brandon Ayuk, I'm really struggling with because just on tape, I didn't give him a very high tape score. Sixty-six point nine is what I gave him uh, as a tape score, and there were a lot of things I was really concerned about. The contested catches were there. I didn't think he had the best hands um, overall. Um, you know, he he came across a little bit soft. Um, you know, the the speed was there, the uh, explosion was there, but he he came across a little bit more as an athlete uh, than he did. As like a, a good wide receiver to me, and so, but uh, I, at the same time, I see I see the ceiling that people are interested in, and so uh, it's one of those cases where yes, my tape evaluation wasn't the the greatest of him, but at the same time, like I I can see kind of where the upside is, and so it's it's somewhat similar to Laviska Chenault in the sense of like I did not give him a very good tape score, but I understand why people are intrigued by him. And so we'll see what the NFL draft does. Uh, My guess for me is he'll probably, because of where he'll get taken in the draft, he's almost a lock for the top two rounds, where he'll probably get taken will probably be higher than I'll be willing to take him, even though I can understand why people are doing it.
0: Yeah, I get that. I can see that too, because right now I have him right around like 20th overall player. Uh, right around there, which is, again, no knock to him, but I could see him getting bumped in a good spot where I would take him because I have him right behind Tua and Burrow, so I could see him, like, jumping there. And then some of the guys I have ahead of him, like Anthony McFarland, Keyshawn Vaughn, Antonio Gibson, are just because of that running back upside in the depth of this receiving class where I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. All right, well, I'm going Devin Duvernay in the third. You know what I mean? So... I do like Ayuk though. I'm very intrigued by him. I think he's a very quality prospect. I think in other years he would be higher up on our boards, but nonetheless an intriguing prospect that I would I would like to have on some dynasty rosters this year.
1: Just to put a, like a bow on it for for me and uh, Brandon, I he's a guy that I see as like a slightly lesser version of Jalen Ragar. You know what I mean? There's or a slightly slightly lower ceiling. Than Jalen Rager, but I think he has a, a few more intriguing tools, and you're going to be able to get him later. So he's almost a guy that I would I would prefer. Like if if Jalen Rager was sitting there, almost like eh, maybe I'll maybe I'll let the guy that really wants Jalen Rager come up and get him. I'll come, I'll jump back a little bit and pick up a guy like Brandon Ayuk and, and an extra pick. Do you know what I mean? Like
0: yeah, and there's a, I mean there's a couple guys that fit that bill, Matt. That we're going to be yeah. talking about too. Uh, like you said, I mean, you can say the same thing about Brian Edwards, like let the other guy get Jalen Reger. I'll just move back, grab a third extra third to get the extra tight end. And I'll take Brian Edwards. Yep. And be just as happy with as I am with Jalen Reger. And before we go on our next prospect, let's hear from a word from one of our sponsors. And that is manscaped. That's right. Our friends at manscaped are back. They are here, you know, during this time more than ever. It's not the time to let yourself go, people. You still gotta bonsai that bush. You gotta take care of yourself. You gotta make sure, you know, you, you're not getting a lot of exercise maybe at the gym, but you can still get exercise in the bedroom. And Manscaped will help you with that. This is a great tool that I've used. Uh, my wife appreciates it, so ladies out there too, don't be ashamed to go get this for your uh, man friend as well, but Manscaped has come out with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, the third-generational trimmer, features cut-and-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped advanced skin-safe technology. They're finally, you know, those nicks are a thing of the past, and... This is a thing where the battery life lasts up to 90 minutes. It's waterproof. I bring in the shower. I can leave it in there. Don't have to worry about it. It's got a light in case my electricity goes out. I'm safe there. Uh, The motor's great. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience this as well because Manscaped has been a great addition to the Datsun household. And right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code NERDS. That's right, 20% off and free shipping with the promo code NERDS. You should never be walking around looking like a Sasquatch, people. You've got other people to consider besides yourself. I know you're not going out as much, but you're spending more time at home, and your significant other deserves this. You deserve it. You need it. I have Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. I know Garrett and Mav have Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. You guys like it?
1: Oh, I love it, man. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great. So little get trimmer. twenty
0: it's 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 the best I've ever had. Get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code nerds at manscape.com That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code nerds. You won't regret it, nerd herd. This is a great tool to have in your bathroom. Let's move on. Next prospect, Van Jefferson. Out of Florida, six foot one, two hundred pounds, at forty nine catches, six hundred fifty seven yards, and six touchdowns. Matt, this is a guy that you liked early in the process. Tell us how you feel today about Van Jefferson out of Florida.
1: Yeah, man. Um, obviously, you know this is a guy that's uh, he started his career at old Miss uh, and he was there, you know, playing behind the AJ Browns of the world and the DK Metcalfs of the world, so he didn't get much of an opportunity. And in 2018, he ended up um, flipping and going to Florida. So so we have a couple of years there at Florida, 2018 and 2019. But this is another one of those guys, like um, we talked about Brian Edwards earlier, where, where the production wasn't quite there. I mean, I think his, his best season was this past season. And it was only 657 yards. So there's not a ton of production to go back to the tape and watch, but... What I was able to, to to look at, you know, was was really really impressive, man. So he's the son of a former NFL wide receiver, and it, I think it shows in his game. You know, he's got a he's got a really nice ability to get off the line using quickness and, and and just some some quick hand play and stuff like that. But he stacks and stems really well. He gets in out of his breaks pretty good. He's got he's got pretty good routes. Um, And I think he has enough um, wiggle in the open field uh, to make guys miss and kind of just you know like the one cut type of wiggle and 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 get downfield and make and turn you know little short dump off passes and, and, and slants and stuff like that into bigger plays. So you know, unfortunately, we weren't able to see him um, any of his combine numbers. He, I think it was a foot injury that he had.
0: Jones, yeah, they discovered a Jones fracture in his foot at the combine, at, so at he had to the, get surgery.
1: Right. So yeah. so he might have a slow start to the season. And the one, you know, the one thing is obviously he's a fifth year guy, so he's going to be a little bit older. He's twenty three but um, turns
0: 24 beginning of training camp
1: yep so so that's a little bit of a knock against him the production not really being there um, you know no no years of big production is another knock against him but I don't see a lot of holes in his game so uh, I don't know how you guys feel about him but I I'm pretty high on Van Jefferson and I like the fact that he's kind of sneaky and kind of going under the radar and he might slip a little bit in the draft due to this Jones fracture and kind of um, he'll be my little secret guy that I'm, that I'm pulling out at the end of the second round, top of the third round type of guy, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on that hundred percent, Matt. I came away pretty impressed with Van Jefferson myself. Uh, you mentioned that he did start off at Ole Miss and what you did mention is he graduated from Ole Miss in three years. So he's really smart and he's smart on the football field too. And that's why he was able to transfer to Florida without having to sell at any time because he was able to graduate there. You mentioned his dad played, I think he played for like, he played for a while in the NFL. And his dad's actually an assistant coach with the Jets right now as well. Right. So. That shows on the football as well, because you could argue he's the second best route runner in his draft class. Mm-hmm. You can, you can make that argument. He's that good of a route runner and he does so many things. Well, he's such a precise route runner, right? Cause the way, you, like if you watch him, the way he sets up defenders, he sets them up, he sets them up and then he just makes that, you know, he'll break at the right time. He's got a great right? head like fake
1: a, and everything like that. He's, he yes. really is a total package there when it, when it comes to running routes, you're, you're totally right on there.
0: And, and you mentioned he's a little bit older. Turned twenty four this year. His speed's not great. Never had many big plays, you know. So if he is going to translate to NFL, he's going to, he's going to translate as a number two. But a number two is not a bad thing when it comes to fantasy football in today's NFL. It, I'm with you, man. He's like a nice sneaky guy that I want at least come away out of one of some of my leagues with a share or two. I can like you mentioned with that Jones fracture and not being able to come in for medical testing. He's probably going to slip in this year's draft. And right. anytime you see a guy go and you get that Kelvin Harmon treatment where you're going in the fifth, sixth round, you're going to slip in that rookie draft. And I think Van Jefferson is going to be a nice third round pick. Okay. He's not going to get into the second for me. There's two other, there's too many other guys that. I like to have a higher ceiling, but right at the back end or the high end of that third round, how my draft went, I'm looking at a guy like Van Jefferson. Depends how many receivers I got ahead of him. Depends how many third round picks I have. But I could see some drafts, Matt, too, where he slips to the late third, possibly fourth round because of draft capital alone and some of these running backs getting a bump and definitely if there's a surge on tight ends yep. in in the third round as well. So tight,
1: tight ends are in a one QB league. If the QBs start going, he could definitely slide. So any one of those scenarios could push him down. And, and I would be there to swoop him up. And I'd be, I'd be trying to make moves if he, was, if he was a guy that was starting to slip and it was getting towards the back end of the third round. I would definitely try to move up for Van Jefferson.
0: It, and in the fourth round, definitely in super Flex League, you see him going at the high end of the fourth round. Yep. So I like him. Matt likes him. Garrett, what are your feelings about Van Jefferson coming out of Florida?
2: Yeah, we ended up being three for three on this one. Uh, I was surprised at how high I ended up having him, uh, and uh, but as I dug into the tape, I, I really liked what I saw. He actually came in as my wide receiver ten, so he's kind of the start of that next wow. tier. Um, I, yeah, I was now granted he is. Fractions of points away from you know being wide receiver thirteen, so he's there. There's kind of a little tier there, uh, but but I really came away really high on him. Um, he he came in as a high four star recruit, not quite a five star, but a high four star recruit. Um, like you guys mentioned, son of a former player, and uh, I think it's Matt Wallman that uses this terminology, uh, but he can really tell a story with his route running, and and I think that's going to be the thing that. That gets him on the field earlier rather than later. Is I think that between the ears um, and as far as being a technician, doing things sound, doing things right, he he he's all about that and he's ready. So he's not this physical specimen per se, but there also wasn't any obvious glaring holes. It wasn't like. Oh, he's terrible at contested catches. Oh, he's awfully slow. Oh, he's not very physical. It's all all of it was like, yeah, he's pretty good there. Yeah, he's pretty good there. Yeah, he's pretty good there. And we could see you know, I I don't think he's as much of an athlete to be able to do this, but we could see some of the same type of rise that we saw to Terry McLaurin last year. Uh, you know, a later round guy, people know the name but aren't super familiar with him. Um, did real well at the Senior Bowl, really good technician, and I think he could start to rise up a little bit. Uh, I am a big fan, and like I said, he came in with a seventy one point four eight as my wide receiver ten.
0: Wow, nice. so you you have him sniffly high as well. Uh, so he's not much of a, a late-round sleeper for you uh, as me and Matt were hoping he will. And this guy could take a a, a rise up in the rankings as well because we all three like him. So we're putting that out there today. So he's going to get a little bit of a bump there. And I am definitely very intrigued to see where he lands and what opportunity he's going to get going forward. Yep. So moving on to our next prospect, it's going to be Colin Johnson out of Texas. Now you're looking for size. This guy is six foot six, two hundred and twenty-two pounds. Finished the year with thirty-eight catches for five hundred and fifty-nine yards and three touchdowns. But he was limited to seven games due to a hamstring injury. In two thousand eighteen, he had a better year. He had sixty-eight catches for nine hundred eighty-five yards and seven touchdowns. For a guy of his size at six foot six, I mean, he's a pretty good route runner for his size. Um, his ability to go get the ball. Made some impressive catches at times. His father played in the NFL, very tall, but he's also not lanky at 222 pounds, so he has good weight. It's just when I was watching him, injuries, uh, trouble getting separation. He has no open field elusiveness, but for a guy of his size, that makes sense because it's hard for him to get in and out of his breaks. His speed wasn't overly great, and I mean, so he doesn't do much after the catch. To me, I just don't see Colin Johnson really translating the NFL. Definitely, certainly to the most important part, what we're talking about, fantasy production.
1: Yeah, he, he's a guy – I mean, he's big. <laughs> he, That's he's his best fa- quality. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's big. That's definitely his best quality. I think he's got some good speed. I mean, unfortunately, we don't have any time numbers from him, but he looks fast in a straight line. But like you said, he's not – He's he's never gonna he's never gonna like make people miss. He's not like overly um, physical to the point where he's like bowling people over, like we were talking about with, um, uh, uh, what's his name, Brian Edwards. Um, oh, Edwards. Yeah. So he's he's a guy that I, if he, if he lands in the right situation, I'll be interested. Most likely not. Um, you know, he could also be a guy that they an NFL team tries to transition into tight end, and I, I'd be that okay be with that. Arrest. Yeah, that would you know be the I mean? best option. Absolutely. I agree.
0: Yeah. Well, who was out of uh, Arizona? Leonard Pope? Was that it?
1: Yeah. Um, who was it? Oh, gosh. oh you're talking about uh, you're Seals that- Jones? Yeah, Seals Jones is what you're talking about, I think.
0: Oh, no. Back in the day, the, the big six foot six guy. And they. We thought he might be a good tight end. It was like Pope was the last name. I thought for Leonard Cardinals. Leonard
1: Pope is that what, I mean that's who you're Leonard talking Pope, about. Yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, okay.
1: But, I, but I, I mean I'm not like overly excited about this guy unless he makes the transition because I th- I think he's got enough athleticism for a tight end. I don't I, for a wide receiver. I don't think he's anything special though.
0: I don't think he even is going to be. A tight end, personally, Garrett. What do you think of Colin Johnson?
2: He ended up with my third lowest nerd score, uh, tape score oh out of all of these guys. Yeah, only two guys ended up with a lower score uh, than Colin Johnson, which is crazy because last year there was some hype on Colin Johnson. A lot of people thought he was going to come out. They're saying you know he could be one of the better wide receiver prospects in the class. But there's a few things that are good kind of measuring sticks for me. Uh, you know, we we had Hakeem Butler last year, which. As a as a physical specimen, same size but just way more athletic. He went in the fourth round. Then a guy that basically you know they were kind of fairly even on the same team. Lil Jordan Humphreys, uh, he didn't even get drafted. So you know, I, and they were similar size. So I'm not sure that there's much here other than name recognition from being being at Texas. I'm I'm
1: I'm pretty far out. He just doesn't have, like, the the foot speed, in my opinion. You know what I mean? He can't get any no. of the breaks. He can't even, like – he can't even set up breaks or anything like that. He's just – he's a slow, kind of plotting, big wide receiver. Yep. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's what he is. It's not – he does not translate to fantasy football production. Yep. You know what I mean? That's that's what – and that's what we look for. We talk about it all the time, and it's just not what it really translates out to. So, uh i'm i'm with you guys i'm not really big on them i won't have any collins Sh- johnson shares whatsoever personally yep. moving on kj hill ohio state six foot 196 uh pounds ran a four six forty coming off a year of 57 catches 636 yards and 10 touchdowns this is somebody i was able to watch his entire career with uh had some really good uh news coming the senior bowl he shined there And he's somebody who gets good separation off the line. He's a really solid route runner. Has pretty good hands and is OSU's Ohio State's all-time leader when it comes to receptions. To me, his upside is like a Cole Beasley or a Adam Humphrey, but he is kind of like a one-speed runner who athleticism doesn't really translate, doesn't do a whole lot with the ball when he does catch the football. And to me I I was hoping with the the senior bowl that maybe he could turn into this year's like Terry McLaurin another Ohio State player cuz how he dominated the senior bowl with his routes but with KJ Hill again I think his upsides like a, a Adam Humphrey or a Cole Beasley. Matt, what do you think of KJ Hill out of Ohio State?
1: Uh yeah, I'm I'm totally with you there. I mean the the six forty, I feel like I feel like he plays like a four six guy. You know what I mean? Like there are four six guys that you say, "Well, that that was a shocking number." He just he doesn't have a second gear. I mean, look at his broad jump. He couldn't. He he didn't crack the ten foot mark. He got four. He got nine and a half feet on the broad jump. Thirty two inches on on the vertical jump. He's just not an explosive at super athletic guy. So he's gonna have to find other ways to win. But I just don't know where they are because he's not over. I mean, he's not like the quickest guy either. He's not. Big. He's only he's like five foot eleven, seven one hundred ninety six pounds. So he's not like a physical guy. I I honestly I I don't see anything there. Uh, when I watch KJ Hill, uh, I, I just I just don't see a guy that's going to translate to the NFL. So or you don't or you don't any, like him at all. Any relevance on your fantasy football team whatsoever? Yeah.
0: Wow. So you're you're you hate him. Like I think his upside could be like a Cole Beasler, Adam Humphrey. You don't even think he could be that good.
1: I think he's going to be struggling to crack a roster
0: okay Garrett Garrett what do you think
2: i think I'm a tad bit higher than you guys are i, I still wouldn't say that i'm i'm necessarily high on him i have him as my 16th uh, ranked wide receiver at a 67.93 um you, you guys mentioned a lot of the highlights already uh, i think he is a good route runner overall um you know doesn't have the the, the best a dot you know so it's a lot of under underneath stuff a lot of curls uh, a lot of um, uh, bubble screens and things like that. Uh, but I, but I do think he's a little bit more quick uh, than, than given credit for he's not fast but I do think he's got enough quickness um, enough mobility there to to make some guys miss uh, in the open field and I think I think he's a very intelligent player uh, that's willing to, to play physical um, so I'm I'm willing to buy in a little bit. It is still going to be, you know, end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round more than likely that I'll be taking him. But I think I, I will end up having some KJ Hill shares.
0: Yeah, I'm interested in KJ Hill a little bit right around that fourth round range here because of his route running savvy and in, in, in his hands. Uh, like I said, I mean, in the fourth round, if I can get a guy like Cole Beasley or Adam Humphrey who could occasionally be that wide receiver three kind of gear because of the situation he's in. I'll take that. I want to see where he I mean, gets drafted and what team he lands on. I mean, first.
2: Let's, let's let's think about Hunter Renfro last year. Like I, I, I feel more optimistic about KJ Hill than Hunter Renfro, and I think in the same role he would flourish and, and do even better than Renfro.
0: And you can you can highlight Hunter Renfro as a potential sleeper this year, right? Out there for for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders as well. So, so he
2: needs the right spot, but but it could happen.
0: Yeah, Matt hates him. You and I don't hate him. You're probably a little bit higher than him on myself Garrett Matt doesn't want anything to do with them I'm with you I'm kind of looking at him like that fourth round it's just I could also see like by the time this draft is over like he's gonna be in my fifth round range I could see that as well so sure well, either for me, either either he holds steady or he drops a little bit. Yeah, he's not gonna but climb we'll find out He's not gonna enough.
2: climb for me either, because there's much better athletes that could land in a good spot that I have in a similar range. KJ Hamler, Quez Watkins, who we're not even gonna get to. Um, you know, I use yeah, in that same thing. I mean, we haven't talked
0: about a guy um that Garrett, that uh Jared Wackerly put me on was the running back uh Xavier Jones.
2: Yeah, we didn't get who, a chance to touch on Xavier Jones. He actually ended up because uh, I hadn't watched a ton of tape on him either. He ended up with the ninth best nerd score uh out of all of our running backs
0: yeah wow. garrett jared was like dude you have to watch jared xavier jones like he's a small school prospect running back but he does a lot of things nicely uh that'd be a name to watch for after we break down this film but let's get to our last wide receiver here james Prochet out of southern methodist university smu five foot 11 201 pounds ran a seven two uh had a seven two seven three cone did not run to 40 at the combine Finished the year with a very productive year there at SMU. 111 catches for 1,125 yards and 15 touchdowns. And Prochet is a guy who got better every year in college. He has really good hands catching the football. He tracks the ball very well. And he can also make those circus catches. Who He has a very good body control. Go up there and get the football. Positions himself very nicely versus deep defensive back. Uh, consistently, kind of like a lot of things that we liked that Kelvin Harmon did last year, Matt. Yep. I kind of I saw that in James Prochet's game uh, as well. Now, obviously, Kelvin Harmon went late in uh, the sixth round or whatever it was, late draft pick. But Kelvin Harmon did end up starting some games for the Redskins at the end of there. That's right. This guy did. made a ton. <laughs> this guy made a ton of wow plays. You know what I mean? His routes aren't perfect at all. They need polished up. He he rounds off a lot of his routes, but. When I was watching Prochet, I was like, for a guy who's on the back end of our list and, you know, obviously when he wrap these shows up, this guys at the back end, we don't love as much. Mm-hmm. I came away like, okay, I could get down on some James Prochet in the right situation. This guy could make some plays. This guy's somewhat of a baller. I could see him going out there and producing at the next level in the right situation. Garrett, what do you think of James Prochet? Yeah. I like Prochet
2: as well. Um, we didn't end up getting a, a, an official nerd score on him, but, uh, I went through and, and kind of marked what I would have, what I would have done for him. And, uh, he I didn't get a final score, but with a lot of the attributes, you know, there were a lot of a lot of sevens in there that, you know, are, are saying that he's, you know, above average uh for, for an NFL receiver. And so I, I actually came away um really impressed with for not being the fastest player, uh, he got pretty good separation. Um and so I, I think he's very quick. Um, and especially off the line, I think he's got some good burst there. Uh, and not the most physically imposing receiver. I, I would like to see him at times play a little more physical, but when he does play physical, is at the catch point. And that's one of the most important areas to be able to do that. Um, so he does do that well, but there are sometimes he gets knocked off his routes a little bit. I'd like him to stay a little more steady on that. But but yeah, I'm interested in him. Um, you know, he he was a very productive player. And I think I will have some Shea shares at the end of the fourth round type guy, beginning of the fifth round type guy. Uh, I think you can do much worse than him.
1: Yeah, I like Matt? I like that I like that spot for him. I like uh, somewhere in the fourth round, I'll, I'll feel real comfortable getting him anywhere in the fourth round to be honest. Because I mean, he made he makes some fantastic catches. Um, you know, one handed snags and stuff like that. Some highlight real stuff. And for a smaller guy, you know, he lined up on the outside. He lined up in the slot. So he's got some versatility. I think I think he is quick in and out of breaks. He, he's not the best route runner, but I think he's got the tools to improve there. And with a little bit of improvement, I mean, could he be like an Emmanuel Sanders type of guy? I, I think so, but maybe just like even slightly more physical. So he definitely is a guy that can navigate through traffic. He, he almost turns it, everything into a punt return type of guy, um, type of um, – uh, uh, you know, after the, the catch. catch type of thing, yeah. yeah. So, um, I see a lot of upside with James Roche, and and there were a lot of um, positive reports. I think it was it was either the Senior Bowl, or the East West trying Game. I can't remember off the top of my head which one he was at, but there were some good reports coming out of one of those games um, about James Roche. So I think the NFL um, guys might be a little bit higher on James Roche than than even we expect at this point. So yeah, if he's there in the fourth round, I'm I'm all for snagging him.
0: Yeah, he's somebody that you'll see when you look at sneaky prospects. You'll see Prochet's name stop, pop up uh, intermittently throughout uh, throughout those reports. I came away impressed with the tape. You guys sound like you came imp- impressed away with, uh, by his tape as well. So this is a guy that we'll all be looking for right around that fourth round of our rookie drafts, mm-hmm. which shows how deep this class. If you get a guy with a James Prochet with that kind of upside in the fourth round, that's a name that I come away with happy. You know I mean, like, there's always some names you get, you get and you're like – all right. You know, if you got KJ Hill in the fourth, you're like, Oh, okay. I'd much rather have James Prochet over KJ Hill. 10 out of 10 times.
1: Oh, hundred, percent of the time for me. Yeah, definitely. Which is, which is 10, which is 10 out of 10. So I guess I'm totally, <laughs> I totally agree <laughs> with you.
0: What do you think Garrett over to KJ Hill, James Prochet? Uh,
2: I have, I have KJ Hill higher. Um, I wouldn't say okay. they're, they're super far apart, but I have KJ Hill slightly higher.
0: Yeah. see, I'd go upside with the Prochet there. I, I, KJ Hill seems again. If I'm if I'm going fourth round, I'm going as high as I possibly can. I can't you know
2: blame I mean? you. Yeah, shooting for the upside. I, that, that makes sense. I I was just going simply based off what I think. Like I said, we didn't quite calculate it, but what I think his tape score would be, KJ Hills would be slightly higher. But but honestly, I usually am in the same boat at that point. I am shooting for for that upside type play, so I have no issue with that.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's where I rank them. I don't rank them where, like, oh, this guy's a little bit safer and K.J. Hill's going to be in the league for six years and be that, like, you know, wide receiver, 40, 45 in, in fantasy production, and then James Prochet's out of the league. It's like, well, I shot my shot. Right. I hope for well, the best. And that's, that's a so, little
2: bit... And and you know I know there there is some confusion as to you know this this whole tape score thing is new the nerd score thing is new uh, you know the the difference is just because I have somebody's tape score in a certain spot that doesn't mean where I, that's where I'm going to have them ranked that's simply just on the raw tape not considering anything else so yeah I could easily see myself actually ranking James Prochet higher once the landing spot seeing the upside some of that kind of stuff
0: all right fellas well that's it for this show. Uh, if you're not a Nerd Herd member, then you're not going to hear the next, the last crop of receivers you're going to talk about, which is going to be one of my favorite receivers in his class, Henry Ruggs out of Alabama. I
2: thought you were going to tease I might be that. higher on. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to tease that for a second. I was like, everyone knows you love Ruggs, Rich.
0: <laughs> Yo, no, we all know. So I'm, I'm probably one of the highest in the Dynasty community on Henry Ruggs. So I can't wait to talk about him here in the next show. This is your chance to join the Nerd Herd now, even if it's just, you know, to give us a try Uh, this month. We got the Nerd Score up there. We got some good tools going on there, the Dynasty Nerds Film Room. After these guys get drafted, you want to look back at their tape to see why they got drafted where they did, and our rankings and the bonus podcast. Where, because again, when this is all said and done, we're going to go back through and rank these guys in order. And we'll be doing that from the free show to the Nerd Herd show. So if you don't want to miss any of that and detailed analysis about where they land, Now's the time to become a Nerd Herd member. Support us. Support the podcast. Support the Dynasty community. All that money. Again, it doesn't even come to us. It goes right back into the website, and we're building cool tools. We got a tool that's going to be coming out here in a couple months. It's going to be blowing you people away, and you're going to wish you were already a Nerd Herd member. So make sure you sign up today. In the meantime, if you want to talk Dynasty Fantasy Football this week, it's a great week to talk about it. I'm on Twitter, at Dynasty Rich.
1: I'm at Dynasty Matt.
0: And I'm at Dynasty Price. And you can check out the site on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds. Make sure you join the Dynasty uh, Nerds Fantasy Foot, Football Facebook group. If you're looking to talk with over 7,500 Dynasty enthusiasts, it's the best forum out there today to do so. It's a great way to use Facebook. Join the Dynasty Nerds Facebook group today. Leave us a rating review and i on iTunes if you do have the time. We appreciate it. It helps the podcast. Until then, I hope everybody enjoys the week. I hope everybody enjoys the draft. And I hope that... You, at the end of it all, you feel away. Not only are you excited about you know these dynasty prospects, but then the wholesome part of the draft as well is hopefully your favorite team, you feel, came away a little bit better as well. It's a great time for all of us dynasty enthusiasts. It's a great time for all of us NFL fans. And we need to do this more now than ever in these times where there is no sports. Enjoy the week. We'll be back next week. Nerd Herd, look out for the podcast to drop Monday morning for you. Until then... Take it easy.
1: Adios.